No, no, you could just just go be candid about shit, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I was waiting for the countdown. <laughs> okay, cool to right. see growth, bro. It's been, like it's been cool meeting at the show and then seeing you step into this space. Um, I've been following the whole way and like the the route you've taken and the things you're chatting through. Like, I vibe with all of it, you know. I vibe with all. I of appreciate it. I want to say like congrats on what you've done and um, I, I commend the consistency of it all. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. We're going to start this episode off with some flattery, man. Oh my God. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at your disposal now. Jeez. That's all I need is a couple wishful sweet nothings. I'm like all yours, man. So <laughs> no, I appreciate it. So what's going on guys and welcome. We have Jacob. I can't say your last name. Benevity. Beneventi. Bene Beneventi. Beneventi. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it is. All right. All right. And um, for the audience here that doesn't know, uh, me and Jacob actually met at my very first show, uh, my very first OCB natural physique competition show. And Jacob over here actually won the, what well, we, I, I guess you would call it the open where you yeah. earned your pro card. Yeah. Right. And then um, now you are currently about to get up on stage again, except as a pro, right? Is this mm -hmm. your first show as a pro? Correct. Or how's it? Correct. 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 Yes. And where's that at again? It's in Charlotte. So Charlotte. Yeah. So this will be first pro show. It's also the OCB's top pro show. And they claim like one of the nationwide top pro shows. So my thought is oh. this. I'm like, damn, I kind of squeaked by, just barely became pro. And because I did in a certain time frame, within the year time frame, it allowed mm -hmm. me to qualify for their top show. So I was like, okay. Let's see what the gap, like, let me bust ass for a year and let me see what the gap is between me and the guys who are doing it at the highest level, you know, mm -hmm. to, to just see where things land, you know, and uh, see yeah. which work I have to do. So we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. All right. All right. Well, now that you're at this level, right, let's actually take it further back um, because I feel like one of the more challenging things that go in today's health especially when it comes to like working out and eating right is creating that regimen and actually making that as a part of your identity. Yeah. Now for you with regards to working out, what got you into working out and then what for you has driven you to make this into an entire lifestyle to the point where now you're competing against other professionals? Yeah. Good question, man. It still feels funky. That whole idea of like, I never wanted to compete per se. Fitness was okay. just a part of my life and always has been. I was a, I'll take you way back and we'll kind of breeze through it real quick. As a okay. kid, I was extremely hyperactive. My outlet had always been getting into trouble, playing sports, being physically expressive, bro, sometimes to my detriment. And uh, so I never really jived in school. I always got through, but it was, it was easy for me. I never had to really like pay too close attention, but sitting still and being in a classroom was not. And so okay. I get to the end of sports, I get to the end of high school, and I'm like, what have been the elements of my life that have been consistent? And when I looked back at it, I've always been that training component. And so mm. um, I'm always kind of, I think that I have a bit of, I'm always pursuing meaning, right? Like, at least I want to, like, I want, I want what I'm doing to have some purpose to it, to have some meaning. And with that, I was like, what if I could use something that I'm inclined to, that I like, to help other people? Right. Mm. So, that, so when, I, when I went to school, I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to the NBA. Let's go to school, studied exercise science, became a trainer when I was 19, started training people for free on campus, doing boot camps, living the life myself. Again, it's always been a staple and it's given me a metric for like, you know, we all know life can have its challenges to it, man. And so fitness has been that constant that I could mm -hmm. gauge progress for Robin. Uh, Tony Robbins has this great quote, progress is happiness. So fitness has always yeah. been like my happy place with it. Fast forward, graduate school, still training people, trying to build my business. We can get more into that later. But about a year, you know, a little over a year ago, I was like, let me try and do a show. Let me push my body, push my awareness of nutrition and just push myself from like a relatively lean, relatively athletic person um, to, to inspire my clients and inspire the people I work with that, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. going to go from like over 100 pounds overweight to then like being fit, but I can go from being fit to i guess show ready which you know what that takes it's it's brutal um Ooh, yeah that is the, the 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 pace to it that led me to competing 
Right. Yeah. You know what I find interesting about competing is the different journeys that all end up at the same stage. You know, for example, when we met at OCB Tucson, there you are trying to earn your pro card. And for me, that was just like, holy shit, I'm actually getting up on stage, especially dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, body dysmorphia, body issues and things like that. It's, it's really interesting. And what I got, what I appreciated most about competing is to hear everybody's different story, but still getting up on stage, you know? Mm -hmm. So at that same rate for you, where you won first place, you won your pro card and you're about to compete professionally in that victory of yours was probably the same magnitude for me. And if not more, even just placing fifth in the, in the amateur aspect of it, not even getting a pro card just because getting up on stage is its own journey Mm. now for you. And and what I, I, and I, I feel like so many people would benefit if they actually decided to take the route of getting ready to compete, putting your body through limits, just like what you were saying, because I feel like the notion of getting up on stage and competing is such a significant accolade Mm. that when people actually apply themselves to an accolade that they otherwise would not think is possible, just the pursuit of something that's a higher version of yourself that you Mm. never thought was possible is just so beneficial. Now, for you, how do you perceive, I guess, when it comes to the totality of training, right? Because yeah. like you were saying, you want to do things with intention. You have this higher aspect of it. And now you are in this, like I said, you're about to train professionally. You're about to compete against them. There's some fucking beasts in the professional circuit for sure. Yeah. yeah. So for you now in this process, what has that been for you? What is that real intention for you beyond just getting to another plateau, so to speak? Yeah, man, that's such a good question, bro. Um, I'm gonna try to answer as honest as I can. Like that, you mentioned the body dysmorphia thing. I'll go into that too. So the show that we met at, uh, we met at the Polygraph. I remember we were posted up. I appreciated your. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm new to it. My first show was a month pri- or three weeks prior. My first show, and I did the Alpha Leap, uh Summer Shredding Classic. Reason I did mm. that show is because I'd always seen the transformation class. These people who went from 300 pounds to now they're like 180 they got their stretch marks are up there like showing pride in their journey bro like it it brought tears to my eyes watching those videos so i said if i'm gonna compete Mm. which i always thought was goofy i always thought those were like i wasn't really in that realm of you know either if i didn't have the physique for or also just the mentality i didn't like a lot of the mentality around it It seemed too like obsessive right which i was like that's not sustainable and I don't, Are you talking about the mentality around like competing and things like that? Or what, what do you mean by that? People I had been exposed to in terms of competing were people who seemed mm. to, um, man, it's, it's no knock, but like there seemed to be an obsession about it that I just didn't really drive with. Like it didn't, it didn't mm. feel good. It felt too like, look at me. Ah, okay. I see what you're saying. You're saying? And as a trainer, right. like I've had to go through that journey of transitioning from my fitness isn't about me anymore it's about inspire it is for me right mm-hmm. but it's also about encouraging others to get fit encouraging mm-hmm. others to take on great tasks um encouraging right. others to be disciplined so all those things so back to the competing thing I, a, a couple weeks before we met i did the summer shredding classic i went but i was like bro they don't test here i don't I, and i don't take anything so i wonder how i would do in an oh, actual man. show i was like oh there's one down in tucson let me pull up so I did that. Um, I, I've never really like thought I had a good physique. So to win that show, it opened up my eyes. I was like, this is cool. Mm. Like, I, 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 I've never really been the most secure in my body. I've always been very hypercritical of self and, and my potential mm. growth. And I just got my pro card in physique. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, okay, oh, like, man. now. And what's cool is like, and I had a couple clients compete recently. What I told them is this. The competition stage is not about the stage. Like the, the day of, it, you might be nerve-wracking. It might be nerve-wracking before. It's your first show. Like you're, it's going to be embrace all of that. You're going to feel the most pride on that day. Here's why. You just put yourself through what very few people would put themselves through. You still got a mm-hmm. relationships. You got a family, 
uh, me part like I've got business, you got you got X, Y, and Z, you got stress, you got trying to make a like there's all of these things, and you made yourself suffer for the last three months for a greater purpose of being of having that one moment where you can be proud and just sh- strut your stuff. And that's a, it's a powerful thing. And it's so encouraging to the people around you. I always say like your transformation's bigger than you. People get to look at that and say, Alan got his shit together. I can get my shit together. Right. Right. So the way I perceive it now is that same thing as fitness has always been is like these shows are now my project uh, progress metrics. Win, lose, get last place, which is, a strong possibility this next show who <laughs> knows oh stop no 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 you can't do that shit yeah, but no it's it's not for the placing it's for the feedback that you get to how to improve because if we're still in life then we should still continue to improve yeah i i um you you highlight something that i feel like we need to embrace more which is embracing the journey that comes with fitness Instead of just like being at a plateau, like you're saying, it's not about getting up on stage for that particular competition or getting up on stage for that particular moment, but rather being able to track your progress from like where you were, where you started to where you are now to where you're progressing. And another thing I really want to highlight for you, like kind of what we were alluding to earlier, which is you're saying you got up on stage and you won a physique competition. You didn't think it was fucking possible. Now, that's news to me, Jacob, because when I met you, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker. Like, God damn it, this guy. Wow. You know, because I remember right before you got up on stage, we're getting sprayed with Crisco or whatever by one of the girls at the back. Oh, that was so, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the goofiness of competing, bro. So goofy. I'm it like, so funny. Everyone's doing right. it. Slam me down. We have- everyone's doing it. Oh my God. That is hilarious. But you know what's interesting, too? It's just like what you're saying, because I would never have gotten that from you, that you had like body issues, that you might have been insecure or whatnot. But I feel like that's a general rhetoric when it comes to men that have nice physiques, like the general rhetoric around it is like, well, why are you insecure? You got abs or why are you insecure? And it's a very harsh, like, I don't want to say reality, but it's a very harsh critique, Mm. you know, And, and it's and so for you, in your opinion. Do you feel like there is a huge pressure for men to be in a physical shape? And yeah, I guess what's your take on that as a general whole? Oh, man, another good one. Because I feel like this is transitioning. Uh, how old are you, bro? Don't mind me asking. Oh, obviously 22. 22. <laughs> no, I'm 35, though, bro. I'm 35. 35. What, well, still. So look, I'm I'm 26. When we were younger... There was a different, a different energy, I think, around being fit. Um, and, and men, I think, specifically being, you're starting to see now with social media, like there's starting to be a negative, uh, a negative hit towards, it. maybe it's always been like that. When I was younger, you look at superheroes, you look at bodybuilders, you look at these, these, these like, I guess you consider like alpha males, right? And these were a lot of the heroes that we had in our life. For me, it was Rocky. You know, like I, I remember. All <laughs> right. I would tell this story because I think it's so funny looking back. Because when I see younger kids, I'm like, I was doing that at that age. Like, for instance, my client brought in this five year old son. When I was five years old, I would watch Rocky and do push ups and sit ups in front of the TV. That is, that's a trip. But like, I was so moved by that kind of underdog story. Right. And so, right. In terms of the pressure for, for men to be fit, I feel like. I feel like it's, it's definitely there. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of pressure in general. You were talking about it recently in one of your clips that I commented on. There is um, there's a high standard, I think, that comes with being uh, a, a, a man. Um, and I, and I'm, I've gone through like the pace and like, I've tried to figure that out for myself. Like, what does that look like? But um, mm. I think being fit's one of them. I think this, this is what I think. I think that your message becomes stronger the more you're able to embody the principles that you're either sharing or that you wish to possess. Mm. So if you're going to tell somebody, if you're going to tell, for instance, like this, right? Let's say that you're, you're a dad. I don't know if you are, if you aren't. And you are 100 pounds overweight. And you're trying to tell your kid how to eat healthy and live a fit, uh, live a fit lifestyle or, like, or to excel in sport. Your message, I feel like, will go on dull ears potentially 
because you're not embodying that principle of, of excelling in on a physical realm. You see what I'm saying? Mm, right, right. Yeah, I, I feel like for men specifically, like you're saying, we're a lot, we're very visually driven. So if a man is like displaying a message, it means more to us to see him embodying it rather than just using words and making us feel a certain way. It's like, you're right. Like, how are you going to be, <laughs> hate to shit on 24 hour, like fitness trainers, but it's always funny because you go to 24 hour fitness and you see these guys that are like 20, you know, 200 pounds overweight, in my opinion, trying to you know, do this workout. It works. You're like, but you don't look like anything that I want to embody. Yeah. Or it's like walking to GNC and you got this like little guy like, hey, if you take these, ones, oh this my right? And they're like this big, their arms are this big. And I, I, I always find it funny when I go into a GNC, just like getting a pre-workout or a basic ass protein. And you got these guys just trying to tell you what you're doing is wrong. And you're like, do you even lift, bro? You know what I mean? Because just like you're saying, we are very much driven and we listen to a message when it comes to a, well, when it comes from a figure that we want to either embody or that actually lives through that message that we want to live through. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a bigger pressure on men to embody a body or embody a figure or embody more anything else that is a presence, you know, and because I feel like today's day and age is actually lacking a lot of the qualities that make men into leaders that make men into alphas per se. And I feel like that's more prevalent now than ever to talk about what this alpha or what this beta monikers are just because there is such a betaization, in my opinion of men today that it's, it's, you can't describe it other than betas and alphas. And I feel like, you know, for me, the way I look at it, my dad's generation of masculinity, men and everything in the way we describe masculinity. Now that was the norm of their generation. And yes. now we're just one generation removed mm -hmm. and we're at this point where we're distinguishing alphas and betas. And it's funny because if you were to go on YouTube or Instagram or anything, we talk about these alphas and betas. The only people that complain about if alphas or betas exist would be your stereotypical beta, you mm -hmm. know, because these, because, you know, when you know who you are as a man, when you know the presence and the leadership qualities that you bring to the table, you don't need to distinguish yourself in any kind of a label. You don't need to say that you're an alpha. I'm this, this, and this. Like, fuck, I know who I am. Who am? Why am I trying to tell everybody who I am? And yep. and now we're at this phase, in my opinion, where the identity issues with men are so far off that we're trying to label something so that we can actually have an identity. You know, but I, mm. I love that you bring that up. I, I guess what's your take on that? Because I feel like there's a lot of thoughts brewing in your head right now. I want to yeah. know. No, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I like what you said about the fact that when you are a man and you know who you are, you don't need to project who you are. I think that's that's a, that was a very strong hit, bro. That, that was that was a bar right there. It's a man. Easier said than done, right? Like I think that, and that's another thing is like, what are the what are the indicators? Well, now you got people commenting on everything. There, there's there's there people are commenting on everything and everyone. So if these, uh, to use the same verbiage you use, if these like, if, if the, if alpha is still like the people who tend to elevate and dominate and to like elevate themselves through life. And so they become successful. So the people that we look at, right. And either criticize or don't, or either like get inspiration from, or we knock them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's that thing that I mean. It, I think it goes back to they, they're just embodying some principle that made them successful. They're not trying to be an alpha. They're not trying to be a beta. Like they, they are navigating their own path. These people have like right. embodied these principles so well that they become successful. That they're people we now look at. We have to have the self awareness to be like, hey, maybe I can learn something from that person, for better or for worse. I'm watching the vi I'm watching a video of them. Right. You know. So, I mean, if you want to go deeper into it or like ask anything more specific, we can go into it. But yeah, I think the general idea that what you said, people are embodying these principles. It stands mm -hmm. out to us because those principles made them successful and who they were. Right, right. 
And you know, let's let's actually let's keep on going into this because we are going to talk about working out. We are talking about investing yourself as men and things like that. Because I know that's what you and I definitely wanted to highlight more than anything else. You know, and it's not that like working out or bodybuilding is such a such an essential part about being a leader or being a man, but having a physique and being able to have discipline when it comes to your eating habits or your working out habits is a display of leadership because it shows how much you take yourself as a priority mm-hmm. and men like to be led by example more than anything else and especially in a day and age where obesity and being overweight makes up 70 percent of the population more now than ever in my opinion to be of a lead you kind of have to have this physique that does rep- represent discipline you have to have an aura around you that is excluding external validation in its entirety because of a no you are and it's just i don't know it's interesting there's a there's a quote men are created women are preserved and it's you know i feel like as men we kind of know internally all of us kind of know what we kind of have to do in order for a leader to be a leader but it's interesting in my opinion that today's society, instead of kind of embracing what we kind of all internally know that makes us lead as men, that makes us gravitate and, and empower other people into our vision, how the society kind of goes away from that. Like, instead of being like, hey, this is what you need to do, like, oh, this discourages you? It's okay. Here's a participation trophy just just oh. because you don't feel like actually being anything. Mm. It, I mean, it, in... I guess from your view, do you see kind of society going into that kind of going away from like traditional masculinity, kind of going away from holding men accountable for what they should, I don't want to say they should be doing, but yeah, you know, just fuck it. Let's just say what they should be doing. That's what I'll Mm -hmm. say. Jordan Peterson talks about responsibility a lot. I've taken, I learned a lot from him in my early, like post-graduation. I don't, I don't listen to him as much anymore. He was somebody who said like, um, it's and, and this wasn't isolated to, I think, men, but I think men really took to this message of you need to figure out what you'd like to be responsible for. You need to pick up a load or like a little term mm. of your cross. You need to pick up, you need to pick, determine what you're going to deem as your load, the thing you're going to take responsible for. You need to carry it and you, need to, and you need to walk uphill with that thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I, that, that resonated with me. Like that impacted me deeply at that time because I'm trying to figure out consistently like how to become a stronger version of myself, a stronger um, masculine force as well in my family. And my life. like, I'm not, not to dominate. It's not to dominate. I think there's a misconception there. It's not yeah. to dominate others. It's to encourage others. It's to uplift them. It's to be somebody who can stand up straight with your shoulders back and like handle issues in life bad things are going to happen. Bad things have happened. How do we navigate those? And I think that like always mm. you take, you take, for example, like, um, or somebody breaks in right now, right? I got my, I got my dog. She's, she's, you know, she's sweet, but she's going to run up to the guy. And I got my wife, like, she's going to come to me. If somebody breaks in right now, she's not going to be like, what's something up? You know what I mean? Like handle that. Right. It's going to be me. So, right. um, I, I don't know. I feel that pressure. Like I, again, I think responsibility isn't isn't masculine or feminine. It should be. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the, the dissolving of what roles and what responsibilities, I think as societally men have versus women, I think those are mm-hmm. starting to become morphed together. Like to your point, uh, a, a little bit more where we're not really um, we're not stepping out to say, hey, this is what men do and this is what women do. It's more like coming mm-hmm. together. So yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I do see. I think that the idea that you're communicating played out for sure. You feel that, but yeah. What do we do about it? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I feel like as a man today's day and age, we're, we're just like what we're talking about. There's like the societal social media perception of where we should be going with regards to our behavior and where we should be coinciding with one another per se. But then there's this reality where you and I already know, like you're saying, if someone breaks into your fucking house and starts threatening your dog and your wife and everything, it's not like you're going to fucking tweet out, fuck you, hashtag I'm offended, hashtag whatever. No, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And you got to be able to fucking put your gas on the pedal and do something about yeah. it. But we're in this day and age 
where instead of actually being present with that adversity that's happening, we have found a way to make it about how we feel about that adversity and just, just leverage that. Yeah. yeah, It it is. That could be harmful. Go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary. I, 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 because I, I, yeah. So you, you just said it, we're talking about the ups and downs and it's not exactly about the adversity itself. It's about how you respond to it. You know, one of my favorite quotes is character is not determined by what we do, but rather how well we rise after we fall. And Come on. I, I believe, especially as men, we are presented with adversity every single day of our lives. And it's incumbent upon us to learn and grow through it instead of avoiding it. But now we're in a culture that is avoiding like real adversity. And we're we're missing out on so many opportunities to grow as a person. You know, for me, like, for example, with regards to bodybuilding and uh, with regards to having a physique, I was at 200 some odd pounds at one point after the birth of my second daughter. And because of that feeling that, 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 that just insecurity, that Mm. feeling of being insignificant, not being enough and criticizing myself heavily, that feeling carries on into how I train now. Like obviously nowadays it's, it's like the, I'll have my eating things. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe have like a skip a workout over there, but I am never going to get 200 pounds again, Mm. you know, but, and, and, and for me, I would say that me experiencing being fat at one point and understanding what that contrast is like, is what keeps me privy into this moment right now. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So for you, yeah, no, let's talk about this, right? Cause you did bring about this. So for you, you, what's your kind of view on that in its entirety? You just said it. I think that we we try uh, some some of the most powerful motivators aren't what we want to become, but what we don't want to become. It's it's not that would again, uh, I'll, I'll do one more time, like with the Jordan Peterson. When I was 20, 20, 20, 20 to 22 in that range, uh, I did this thing called the self authoring program. OK. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's essentially you author out the next five, 10 years of your life. And what you do in, in contrast to the two is you write who you want to be, who you want to become, how this person operates, how they communicate, what they look like, mm. the energy that they possess. How, what is their, do they have a family? Do they not? What are they pursuing? What, what type of emotional responses are they having, having a stressful situation? Detail. I mean, arduous, man. You're just going through boom, boom, boom. Okay. And now like this. what is the opposite version of that? So the weaknesses I have, the fears I have, the insecurities I have, if those were to persist, what is that version of that person look like in five years? And what you find is you, you can see that person because it's you, you know, your uh, the way, the areas you withdraw, you know, your fears, you know, your insecurities. If you're to lower your frequency, as I think a good way to put it, and become that version of yourself that does exist every single day you're choosing whether or not you want to lean into it or not, that does exist, what type of results, what type of life, what type of authenticity does that person have? And what I found is when I saw those two versions of myself written out, because I didn't know who I would become, right? I'm just me now, and I have an idea of who I want to become. But now I have a really clear contrast on how to navigate life uh, where it's like, okay, I, I know I know the, the responses that the weaker version of myself would have. I know the responses that the stronger version of myself would have. It doesn't matter how I feel right now because I'm in the process of becoming. So I need to like try as consistently as possible to veer towards the person I want to become. And luckily, I think I, I do that more often than not. And so I'm afraid I'm – I'm almost like I'm almost afraid of becoming that weaker, low, lower version of myself. And that, that drives a lot of like, – Mm, that's that's amazing. God, I love that. You know what's crazy about that is so we as human beings are driven to find problems and problem solve constantly. It's actually built in our survival mechanism of just being human beings. Yeah. And so it's funny that we're we're constantly always talking about today's day and age we're like be aspirational, be positive, be whatever. But kind of what you just said and kind of highlighting into what I was talking about my insecurity Sometimes the fear of not becoming outweighs and pushes us more than the aspiration of becoming, you know, 
And I feel like that is fucking just crazy because, you know, for me, you know, for me, we're, we're talking about the physique and might as well just stick on to that. It's, oh man, I, I, I how do I say it? Yeah, it's not exactly the pressure of winning my next competition. Like that one doesn't push me as much, you know, because just like, I mean, you know, this that's so, it's so variable based on who the judges are. Sure. But the fear of becoming fat again, or the fear of not being able to to speak from a from a place of uh, a position of power, so to speak, a position of leverage where I can actually speak about health, like that, the fear of not being able to do that outweighs more than the ambition of potentially getting better. Now, mm-hmm. I, I I do want to highlight this because you spoke about, and I'm definitely going to get personal on here when, when you're talking about. It. You said a five year version of yourself. So for you, what was that five-year version and and how have you been able to work it back into now so that that's where you're actually headed into yeah it's a good question bro that is that is asking um well i have fear i have insecurity i have uh um Mm. I'm, i'm a shy kid right so i have i have all of these excuses potentially that could could make me not show up to life you know they they could make Mm. me with withdraw from relationship they can make me stay quiet and not speak up it can make me uh not take risks when maybe risk would be uh more more fun worthwhile and so it became batman like it was bro i I wrote I'll share, I'll share what I wrote down and then I'll share what I wrote down about um, who I didn't want to become too. I wrote down having a personal training studio. I wrote down and specifically, I was just going back on this the other day to have a plate to, to, to embody first of myself, but then to have an environment where people came to get better every single day. I wrote this down, man. I was, I was shocked. I was like 20 years old, 21 years old, writing this down Um, to have an environment where people came and maybe they weren't comfortable initially uh, they, you know, they can come and be accepted, right? They can be comfortable, but not stay that way. They accept the growth journey. And through like, through love and through relationship, we, we push each other forward. And it's cool because now like Limitless, my studio, it's like that. Limitless online, the community as a whole, that's what we do. Is it, it, a positive? Yes. But is it like tough love? And hey, yo, you said you wanted to do this and you're out of alignment? For sure. And so I needed that within within myself. I needed that from the people who are close to me in my life. And I want to be that force for others. And so yeah. that was my biggest life's journey and purpose and pursuit at that point. I think it's even expanded to, to greater lengths now, five years down the road. But then I go back to um, the person who I didn't want to become. This person was like, uh, wouldn't communicate his, his authentic ideas, right? He wouldn't, mm. um, he wouldn't take risks in business or otherwise. He'd be working a job that he didn't like because he was too afraid to navigate the path that he truly wanted. Um, he, he didn't show up to things like this, the podcast, because he was like, oh man, maybe it won't go good. It's like, it's all of the, <laughs> everything. And it's like, that person isn't dead. That person still lives in me. It's just, you create uh, your life through habitual action. So if I continually decide to like live like that lower frequency version, I will continue to shrink my world. If I continue to have courage, faith, and passion and like navigate life openly, fully, if I fail, fuck it. You should have, like, bro, I felt that. Like, if I fail, fuck it. I'm going to show up anyway. I'm going to take the risk anyway because it's going gonna, it's gonna to force me to have more faith. It's going to force me to be more inspiring to those close to me. It might not be the world, but it might be my wife. It might not be the world, but it might be my, my dad, my mom. Like, you know what I mean? To just to yeah. continue to just show up and give everything you have to each day. I want that more than I want that. So – it was that man. It was just like this, like this smaller version, this this weaker version, and at times it comes mm. out. But like, I know I don't want that. Mm, I love that. I I really want to highlight one thing that you're talking about, which which I'm oh, fucking love this about you, Jacob. This is awesome. Where you're talking about, you can make every excuse in the world, and you'd be justified by not doing anything about it because of the excuses that we can create in our own heads. But yeah. instead, we take that path. And for you specifically, you're talking about, well, I can, but fuck it. I'm going to go after it because this is what the fuck I want to do. This is what I need to do. This is my purpose. This is my calling. This is whatever. 
and it's very just inspirational to understand that you know one of my one of my buddies had this amazing quote and it was ironic because it happened um a year ago it was like it's my last relationship I, i broke up she broke up with me feeling insecure i was being insecure at that moment and everything but he said a quote which is remember how it feels and never let it fucking happen again and it's interesting on that feeling where it pops up in other areas. So for me, it, I realized that happened in my relationships with whatever, you know, I feel like a lot of men go through the insecurity thing with, with being in relationships with a significant other. I know for me that there's still a lot of work to be done in that aspect. I mean, I feel like we always do, but then that feeling of being insignificant, that feeling of being insecure, that feeling of being able to make excuses and stay with where I'm at is prevalent in other areas in my life. And it's, it's interesting on ever since I kind of like financially, personally, professionally, that feeling of I can make an excuse and stay where the fuck I'm at, but that's not what I want to do internally. That's not where I want to be. And that pressure of that intrinsic pressure that's saying that I know I can be better is now I planted externally. And now I feel like life's been moving on now for you. What I love about you and your company and your brand is you are pushing people to that. You're showing people exactly what you're just talking about. Like, Hey, you might've hit this wall, but fuck it. You're going to get through it because if you really want something, you're going to have to get through it. There's no other way around it. Yeah. So for you, has that been like the premise of your company? Like where, what is that feeling for you to go in every single day and change people's lives? Yeah, that's the hope, man. I don't think I really do the change. I think that I, this is what I do. This is my approach. So with with training, a lot of times you go into say say you go into a twenty four hour fitness, you go into a studio, you you go see a particular trainer, and that's like, yo, that's Sally's way of getting down. Like that's how she trains people. So I flip that model on its head. So we sit down, Alan, you come see me. I say, what do you want, man? What are you looking to do? What was I do the same thing? So that that reverse engineer programming of like reverse engineering the life. Mm. I do the exact same thing. I just straight stole that. It worked for me, so I use it for other people, and it works incredible for other people. Hey, hey, Alan, um, what does success look like for you in ninety days, bro? What does it look like for you in uh, five years? So what we do is let's see how ambition you are. Uh, and excuse me, let's see how ambitious uh, the goals you have for your life are and for your health. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Your ambition is going to inform me whether maybe we need to tame it a little bit because it could be crazy. You're like, oh, bro, I want to lose 50 pounds. Like, you don't have 50 pounds to lose, right? So, so it just depends. Right. But what we do is we create a program that is systematic and slow, allows you to build momentum and progress to slowly but surely align you with the actions and the person that you want to become. Mm. Right? So we try to, we, we, and, we, and we simplify it. We try to put high priority on the high priority tasks that live within fitness. And right, I won't go too yeah. deep into that. Like there's a, there's a system there, but um, it's just that re- reverse engineering process. And so it's not me yeah. defining success. It's me being a, uh, it's me building a relationship with you so that I understand what success looks like for you. And then making sure you don't step out of alignment with that. And if you do, we just program to get you right back on track. So there's that. I'm not, like that. it's your life. It, it's your goal. My, my, my goal is to make you have all of the information, all of the knowledge, all of the systems that you need to get there. And if you step out of a line, like, I'm not going to be mad with you, but I'm going to be honest with you. Hey, Alan, you said you want this. You still want that? All right, cool. It might take a little bit more work. Like we gotta be, we gotta focus in. You still want it? Yeah. Okay, cool. And so that way also I don't work with just anybody paying me isn't the prerequisite to work with me. It's a partnership. So if, if you're continually like maybe not respecting our time together or not, you know, not respecting the program because you're, you're saying you want something, but you're not adhering to that, we can just, pro- we're probably not meant for each other. Maybe another trainer will be a little more like gracious. But for me, am I going to have grace? 100% because I, I mess up and I fall short every single day. But we're going to move the needle on the discipline. We're going to move the needle on the adherence to the program. So that's, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. You, you bring up a very, very powerful point about reverse engineering. You know, let's, for you, Jacob, how would you, for the listeners and for everybody else that doesn't exactly understand what reverse engineering is, yeah, how would you describe it? What reverse engineering is with regards to, yeah, I guess what's, what comes to mind for you with regards to reverse engineering? Yeah. So let's take somebody, um, somebody is out of shape. They want to be in shape. 
Okay. The cool thing about life is you can actually get out of it what you want. Right. That's the cool part about living in right now. In this moment that you live in, you can get the thing out of life that you want. It's just uh, the ability to reverse engineer it. Okay. So you want to lose 50 pounds. What will that take? What is your time frame? Okay. I want to do it in a year. What is that pace? Break it down into a week. I can't do that on mm-hmm. top of my head right now, but like, you know, let's say you got to lose <laughs> a half, uh, you know, a pound to two a week. All right. We need to lose a pound to two a week for an entire year. That's going to get you to your goal. How do I lose a pound to two a week? I don't know. I need to get on YouTube, man. I, I, I went on YouTube and I learned the thing, but I'm not adhering to it. I might need an accountability buddy. Bring your buddy to the gym. I might need a professional. So you, you figure out what you want. And then you get to work on that and you give yourself grace when you fail, but you, you get all of the resources that you need to ultimately align with where you want to be. Same thing mm. with business or finances, right? I recently hired um, a company to help me on my building my online business. They know more than me. So like uh, part of, part of growth is you have to lower your ego to ask for help because mm. you don't know everything. Mm. I don't know everything, but somebody out there can help you get to that next level. Will you get to the next level on your own? Maybe it might just take you a little bit longer. You can expedite your process by getting help. That's you work with people in coaching. You you're a trainer as well. I do. I I don't I don't do it as much uh, because I got impatient with people. Kind of what we we're talking about with earlier. I'm like I'm tired of hearing adhering to other people's schedules and kind of like dealing with the nuances of working with clients. Like yeah. I understand that that is the approach, but yeah, I just got frustrated with it. Like, like I already, I'm already a dad dealing with my daughters are going through their teenage years. Like yeah. I'm not trying to deal with adults that have less responsibility than these guys. I don't get how that works, but that's real. Yeah, that's real. So yeah, it's, that goes to the point of like training. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Big birthday. Uh, it takes, yeah. you have to be quite patient with people and figure it out. But, um, but anyways, when you weren't right, people will hire a trainer either one or two things, like a few things, but it's generally to expedite their process, you know, because you, you might be able to get there on your own. You get there quicker right. when you ask for help. That's the point of a professional. Yes. In any, you know? Right. Right. But the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Right. And so, you know, if you don't hire a coach, if you just try to have all your opinions from Instagram and from YouTube, you know, you could definitely just fucking take whatever routes and sometimes find yourself in a worse place than when you started. That's for sure. Um, the, the things that I definitely want to highlight with regards to reverse engineering, and you're saying it, you're saying it exactly word for word. Um, have you ever heard of the term be, do, have? I have. Right. I have. Okay. So let, let's talk about this, right? Cause I, I feel like I, you know, for me, when I used to have clients that would talk about, Hey, I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose 75 pounds whatever that goal is. I always ask them, is it about the weight that you want to lose or is it about how you would feel when, once that weight is lost? Yeah. Right. So, and you start getting into that. Right. And so what I always do, especially with reverse engineering is when it comes to like losing 30 pounds, let's say that's the goal, right. And you're 200 pounds instead of saying, Hey, let's lose 30 pounds. What does a 30 pound less version of you what are they doing to maintain that into a lifestyle? So what is, you know, let's say you're 200 pounds, 30 pound less. What is the 170 pound person doing, 170 pound version of you doing to maintain them being at 170 pounds? Yes. You know, so then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what is he doing? Like, oh, how many meals is he eating? How many times is he working out? What do those workouts consist of? What is the eat like what are the foods like how are you balancing your carbs you know and then when you start making like we're talking about you reverse engineer then you think about what are you doing now with regards to that and now how do you build your habits into that because i think you know just as much as i do that it's not about like lifting whatever it's not about working out here and there it's about how do you consistently create this into habits how do you create this into behavior how do you create this into your identity and that's how you get exceptional results because at that point, it's not about the result. It's about that's just who you are naturally mm, as a good, person. Yeah. That's good, bro. That's you awesome. know, yeah. Like, and it's it's like, yeah. One of my one of my favorite things to say is, you know, don't go for the accolade, but rather be the person for which those accolades are naturally attributed to, because mm. it'll it'll come, you know, naturally. You know, like for example, Jeff Bezos 
isn't trying to be a billionaire. He's just trying to spread his company because of what, what it does is because it provides a faster shipping for th- between the company and the consumer. And so that's all it is. How do you create that more? It just happened to turn into a multi-billion dollar, effectively trillion dollar business into the world. But it's because you're more focused on the goal and the intention, the identity than it is about the outcome. The outcome just happens to become what that is, you know? Boom. So. <laughs> that's good. Man. I don't, do you have anything to add to that? or yeah, That's something. Yeah, man. Uh, I was just talking to, to my wife about this. She started to help me out a little bit on, on the business. And she has a goal of eventually down the road working full time with just me. Um, so we've been, we've been dabbling with that because, of course, you know, you want to make sure it's smooth. Uh, 100%, anyways, 100%. But, but I was talking to her, I'm like, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm starting to feel that if, if life is, my life had always kind of looked like this, like as a perfectionist, as a goal or oriented person, I, I got obsessed. I'm a, I obsess over goals and like the next thing. But, um, you know, I'll share a little more into this. So like, I, I, uh, like last year I, I hit every goal that I wrote down five, six years ago. I've saw the notebook. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I did it. Some of these I surpassed. Congratulations, by the way. That's fucking phenomenal that, yeah, that you, so you, like, you wrote a goal out five years and you fucking, oh man, it's, it's, oh, it, it, keep going. Sorry. I'm just very happy for you, bro. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. It's, uh, you know, there was, there's these goals. I don't know when I wrote, I found in my notebook. I'm like, I've done all of this. It's cool. Like in the studio to like, I even did some more things. Like I ran the marathon, did the physique show. I didn't expect that. Like the financial goals I'd set for myself. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, tracking past that now. So I got to sit down and kind of reestablish. But what I found is this, um, when I opened my studio, for instance, right, I put in all this work, like, I'm going to do it. It was in the middle of the pandemic. A lot of people were telling me not to do it. I was like, nah, I, I know it's time because I hit the upper capacity of what I could do in terms of traveling around to my clients. So like, I need a hub. I need to invest like all my money into this. So I did it and it ended up being the biggest blessing. But I'll tell you like candidly, when it got complete, when I when I put all the paint up and finished it, and it's always progressing. But what, that moment, open doors, boom! Ah, oh, my client's coming in now. Um, there was like a month or two of a lull, and I couldn't explain it or describe it, and I didn't necessarily correlate it to opening the gym. But what happened is like there was a little death that happened because this whole process, this thing I was building to, and I built up in my head, it wasn't necessarily the thing that fulfilled me. It just continued the machine. It allowed the machine to progress to the next level. Mm. But, but it's like, you don't just stop. You, you continue to show up every single day. So I noticed right. that trend in my life. And more and more as I was younger, it'd be like this. It'd be like, accomplish a goal, be depressed. Accomplish a goal, be depressed. And not like, Man, I, see, I, say depression, I say it lightly, okay? I say it lightly. Um, no, but we but, should, no, no, we should normalize that. Just because you're depressed, it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're like, motionless or that you can't do anything. Like It wasn't like, that. It was that, it was that like, I would notice I was attaching my vigor to showing up in life to the next thing that I was doing. And so like, I'm, a, I'm attaching away my identity to my accomplishments. And then every once in a while, when I didn't have the, my next accomplishment lined up or ready to go, I felt really bad about myself. I felt like I was a failure. And so, um, man, fast forward, like I'm getting to this point and I hope I can continue on the stride where the work is the reward. You serve well because you get the opportunity to serve and you continue to do that. You continue to do that. Continue to show up, continue to give, continue to just love what you're doing as opposed to like, oh, the show's over. Now what? Let's go eat and gain 30 pounds. Like, no, you do the work because you love the work. You know, you get an opportunity to do this work. You do get an opportunity to serve. You get an opportunity to build these relationships with these incredible clients who are changing their life. Like I get to be a part of all that. Oh, dope. I'm going to keep showing up. And uh, each goal that comes along the way is just going to be the natural progression and investment into myself or my business. It's going to allow me to do that on a greater scale because that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like what you're saying. Just constantly show up, constantly be there. Um, Andrew Huberman has a really good quote where he says, like, make effort fun, like mm-hmm. make effort worth it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's the whole thing. Like you're just saying you have to find something intrinsic about yourself that has you show up constantly regardless of how you feel yeah and you know and that's that's one of the biggest drivers and biggest everything so for you working with people what's what do you feel is like the what is your big vision with limitless Mm -hmm. and your brand like where do you see that going five years 10 years 20 years when that question for you comes up what do you see overall 
Um, yeah, man, I see. It's a good question, dude. It's a good question. <laughs> I'm having to kind of like figure out something on the spot because I haven't I haven't detailed that out entirely. Um, I, I've been living very present with it, but we're in the process of immense growth, especially in the online space. Like like right. things were. I don't know if you ever had a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like this is the potential here is incredible. And so yeah. I've kind of I've kind of had that where I'm like, okay. So I see now what's 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 amazing for me. And I knew when I became a trainer when I was 19, I knew that online would be the route. I just always love the touchy feely in person, build the relationship, see them working. Oh, yeah. Because fitness isn't you know, as you progress in fitness, it's the nuances. It's not everyone knows how to do a bench press for the most part. It's like, how are you so being able to be there for my clients, see it in person, allow them to progress through those paces. I love that. I'll never stop doing in-person training at some capacity, but in the online space, I can make, I can make a video just like you'd post on like uh, as a reel. And that can reach mm-hmm. uh, an undetermined amount of people that can encourage them and uplift them in the same way with, with training on the online space. You can, I can train somebody in Thailand. I can train somebody who's on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. I don't have to be there in the flesh, but I can still be there in terms of the same systems that would work for all my clients, my in-person and my online clients. You continue to give that to people. It's a system I believe in that works. And it, it, it obviously works because like everyone tends to get results from it if they, if they adhere to it. And so, uh, right. man, I just think that it, more of that, I would love to get to the point where like I'm doing, um, I don't know, like everyone who's, who's a part of the, you know, who's training with me and training with Limitless and get together and do like, you know, retreats or something. I don't know. But uh, oh, just, yeah. just continuing to serve at higher levels, man. That's, that's the ultimate hope and goal is that I have enough time to see it grow to its fullest capacity, you know? Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and for all the listeners and everything, what, what's your website, Instagram, all your handles, like what, what are they just That's might good. as well get them all out there. That's good. Uh, L M T L S S. So like my shirt Am I flip flopped on your screen, by the way. No, no. Am I flip flopped on yours? Shut up. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm backwards on mine, but uh, oh, limitless okay. Jacob on Instagram, on YouTube, on uh, whatever else. Twitter, which I don't use. <laughs> on, on, then, on TikTok. Email, email, yeah. yeah. And then uh, my, my website is limitlessfit.com um, where there's like more information about the background of the business. Is, is limitless spelled L-M-T-L-S-S? Always, yeah. So limitless without okay. the vowels. Yeah. Without the vowels. Limitless, especially without the vowels. Yeah. It's definitely limitless right there. That's limitless great. on the spelling, I guess, too. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, man, I need you to actually stay on real quickly while this all uploads, but anything else do you want to emphasize right before we wrap this all up? No, man, I'm glad we got to chat. I'm glad we got to catch yeah, up. Yeah, man, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, all right, guys, hope you guys really enjoyed this episode, and until next time, deuce. <laughs> deuce. All right.